1: welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters and we're here to talk about it.
0: All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Big Witch Energy podcast slash videocast today. Uh, Brie and I are here with a very special guest, the one and only Bob Frazier. Uh, welcome, Bob.
2: Hi, thank you.
0: Thank you for being here. We're so excited to get to know our favorite bad guy, Alvin Hurst.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Uh, favorite bad guy, period.
0: Yes. So. Big honor.
2: Uh, I'm, that makes me very happy. Hold on. That makes me very happy that I'm your favorite bad guy.
0: Uh, you are. Yeah. We don't say you that are. lightly we don't (laughs) we don't i wanted to hate
1: you (laughs) we're connoisseurs of villains
0: yeah (laughs) yes
1: that's that's why you're our favorite bad guy because we wanted to hate you but we can't yes (laughs) it's very rude of you i
0: know
2: (sighs) you know the very first day of um shooting uh uh i i said to the whole cast i said everyone in the crew i said hi Uh, I'm, you know, grateful to be here. I just want everyone to know that I'm a really nice guy. I'm not the jerk that I play on TV.
1: I love that you had to have that disclaimer. Right? (laughs)
2: Like
1: that that moment when you you pull the mask off, um, when you're um, in the parking garage. I'm sorry, but that was creepy as hell. It was so good.
2: They originally weren't going to have me pull my mask off. They were just going to kind of leave the mask on. I was like, wait a second, you got to see my face so you know who I am coming into the next one. But Abigail was actually, uh Abigail was so, uh, Ashley was so freaked out in that moment because we had never met before. And oh, wow. what she was going wow. through with her sister's vocal cords. And, you know, I was being nasty. Mm-hmm. Um But she, she got genuinely moved and a little upset by the whole thing. So it was... You know, wow. it was a little bit of taking care of her and making sure that she was okay.
1: I love that. Yeah, I'm, I would have been in the same position, honestly, <laughs> given the factors. But um, so how much of your character story arc did you know um, when you were first cast? None of it. None of
2: Literally none of it. I didn't even know how many episodes I would be on. I didn't know anything. Hmm. All I know is that I had originally, uh, as you probably know, I'd already uh, auditioned for a different role. And um, and then Elliot was like, no, no, we want to see you do this other role because we think it's going to be a little bit bigger, a little bit different. And then when I auditioned for that role, the sides, like the sides of the audition sides that we get to audition, they're the words we get, they were different from when it actually started shooting. And it was a couple episodes in. So it wasn't even that very first episode. But uh, Elliot, Elliot was like, yeah, we think we want you to be the face of the bad guys. We're going in this direction with it. So he wasn't totally sure either. I think he was kind of testing me out a little bit to see what I was going to do. And and so I don't think anybody really knew. But I knew that it had a lot of potential. And they were writing some pretty great stuff. So I was hopeful. But really, I didn't know anything.
1: Hmm so interesting that is interesting
2: i had the whole i had to watch the whole first season just to know what all the witches were about i was like what is this world we're into
1: <laughs> it is a very different approach so
2: totally and you know it's so funny because every every episode there's new things that come and i have to go to brian studler who's our on set writer and kind of a guy or elliot and i say okay what is this what is a wind <laughs> strike what? witch bomb? what's a witch bomb <laughs> right
1: you need a vocabulary no sheet yeah yeah so they, no, I mean, seriously they were
2: like yeah just open books about everything kind of trying to teach the entire thing oh that's awesome
0: That must be really helpful when you're like literally walking into a new world and creating this, especially coming from the perspective of you're like basically creating your character as you go a little bit. It's kind of what it sounds like since they didn't know the direction.
2: Yeah, that's true. It was very exciting and so grateful that everybody there knew what the heck was going on because I was a little (laughs) lost in the first episode or two and you know what's crazy is that I came in in season two, episode seven was my first episode, but I had no idea what had happened from episodes one to six. Whoa. Because it hadn't been released yet, right?
0: Oh, wow, I never it, thought about that.
2: Because it wasn't aired. And so all I knew what was in episode, uh, season one. And so I was like, what? I tried to cut someone's vocal cords out or, you know, <laughs> the Camarilla, what's the Camarilla? Who's that? And so you it was You blind. Crazy, <laughs> totally wow. blind and grateful that they were there to help me out.
1: Absolutely. Sounds like you needed it.
2: Yeah.
0: Wow, that is really fascinating to know. And, and but I, I must say, thank you for giving so much life to Albin. He, he's such a fun character to watch. And I, I am curious though, like from watching him on this, you know, the scenes after kind of revealing himself to Abigail, he seems to kind of function as this mad scientist almost. Like he's experimenting in his little torture lab. How would you describe Alban's role in the Camarilla? Is he a mad scientist? He seems like one.
2: Is he a mad scientist? Um, he is, I think. Uh, you know, it's complicated, and I think we're going to find out a lot more in season three um, about what he does. But I think he's genuinely fascinated by by the witches uh i I'll, I'll reveal a little bit of my background rehearsal or uh, research stuff that i did now when i was working i don't think i talked to anybody about this maybe i have or maybe i haven't but one of the things i did was uh when i was going to the costume fitting one of the costume people said oh nazi doctor i guess what i was wearing they said nazi doctor and i was like what what's that what's a nazi doctor like so i started to do just a, i, I kind of was intrigued by it i'd already had um uh, Hannibal Lecter, in my bag of tricks, I was already kind of playing with uh, Hello Clarice, and all that kind of thing, and uh, just the nature of of how he's so predatory. But I, I was really intrigued by the um, Nazi doctor thing, so I started to do some research on on Nazi doctors, and there was this uh, doctor called uh, Joseph Mengele, which you probably know and have heard of. He used to do Um, experiments on um, twins. He was very into twins and trying to see what they had to do. And as the more I read about him, the more sick he was. But the one thing that fascinated about me was that they used to call him Uncle Joseph. All the twins, all his patients, Mm. they called him Uncle Joseph. I was like, why would they do that? And then I read that what he would do is he would bring candies to them while they were starving, right? And he would bring candies to them every once in a while and go, this is for you, don't tell anyone else. It's just, it's just special. And he would make them feel really good. And so they liked him. And there was something so sadistic about that and so sickening about that. that as an actor, uh, not as a human being, because as a human being it kind of made me wretch, of course. But as an actor, I was deeply intrigued by this person. And who would do that and what type of humanity or lack of humanity must you have to do that sort of thing and so I started to build it into the character and you might see it if you watch season two where um as uh uh, Raelle is crying or really upset on the operating table uh, I kind of brush her hair out of her eyes and I shush her and I try to take care of her um I try to uh I try to calm her a little bit mm-hmm. and treat, treat her as if she was my own child. Mm. It's kind of a sick thing to do, but also so, like for an actor, so intriguing. And I think anybody else that was kind of playing a bad guy could easily go to the point of, well, I'm just going to be evil, evil, evil. But what I tried to do is I tried to bring in this playfulness and this joy and an actual care for the witches that he was about to experiment on.
1: No, it absolutely it just, shows and it makes it even creepier. So Yeah, that's right, right? <laughs> <laughs> so good job.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you
1: nailed you. it. Nailed <laughs> <laughs> it.
2: It's so funny. Every time I go on set and there's someone new, someone will come up to me and go, Okay, so just so you know, you are so creepy. You are so creepy. <laughs> it's the number one word that gets used in on set.
1: But I think it's, it is, it's like, cause I think it, it's part of you, the part of you that's so like sweet and nice going into Albin's, uh, psychotic type behavior that makes it that way. So it's like that mixture of sweet and also absolutely crazy in a way nasty. That's the (laughs) word nasty. But um, so we we get to get into more of Alban's backstory next season is what I'm getting maybe. from
2: maybe 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 we might possibly or maybe he'll just learn things along the way that as he's mm-hmm. operating on witches or maybe he won't even operate on witches or I don't know
1: maybe he'll take a vacation to Boca
2: <laughs> <laughs> who knows. <laughs> I do know we're about to film the last episode, and nobody knows what's going to happen.
1: Oh, that's Ooh. exciting! Really exciting. Or
2: maybe, or maybe we do. You're Do tricky. you want to know?
1: There's so much mystery. So much. Please <laughs> no, don't tell me. Do you want to know? No, I do. She doesn't. No spoilers.
2: I am not telling you. I can't tell you.
1: I know. So sad.
2: I will tell you this season, though. Super fun, super awesome, and by fun I don't mean like, you know, Winnie the Pooh fun. I mean like (laughs) nasty motherland fun.
1: Yeah, that's the kind of fun I'm into. Elliot's brand of fun. (laughs) Elliot's brand of fun.
0: So as we're season three is wrapping up with you know Mm -hmm. the shooting of the finale coming up, are you happy and or satisfied with where your character story has concluded with the end of the season?
2: Uh, well, to be honest with you i don't really know how it ends um, I, we haven't we really haven't even seen a, a script yet, so I don't know how it all ends. Um, or I may have been killed off in episode four or episode five. who knows really uh, What I do know is that uh, whatever they wrote me this year has been unbelievably great uh, every time that I got. You know, maybe I die in the first episode. So when I got the first episode, I was like, "This is really, really great!" And they, there's so many fun scenes, and it was really fun. It's too bad I died before the second episode. But uh-huh, uh-huh. I would have loved to stay on. <laughs> yes. The whole time.
0: You can't kill off Uncle Albin.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's gotta. He's gotta have his uh, Albin and the chipmunks.
2: Experience <laughs> that was very funny, by the
1: way. what yeah, was yeah. um, <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so speaking of like, so Alvin has a lot of confidence, like, whenever he comes into a room, he's got like a clever re- retort, or he's basically somebody that I don't really want to mess with. But if you had to describe Alvin as a Shakespearean character, who would it be? Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Richard the Third. Really? Really? Hmm. Do tell. It, well, here's the thing about Sh- uh, Shakespeare's villains: they're often quite. Uh, we love them. We love to hate them. And so characters like um, uh, Richard the Third or Iago, they literally tell the audience, "I'm a bad guy. I'm a really, really bad guy, and I do really bad things." But you're okay with that, aren't you? And the audience <laughs> generally goes, you know what? We are okay mm-hmm. with that. Let's have some fun here. And I feel like Albin's the same way. He says, look, I'm, I have these crazy things about me. I have these crazy wants and desires and, and fascinations. I'm a bad guy. But let's have some fun for a bit, right? And the audience kind of goes, oh. And Richard is very much like that. Now, here's, here's something else that I'd like to uh, add to that. Is that Richard the Third is deformed? He's seriously deformed. He's called a bottled spider. He's got a limp and a bad arm and a hump, and um, and that type of person probably was ridiculed or bullied their entire lives. And you know, generally, people who are bullied or made fun of can go. I've, myriad of ways, but a a couple of the ways they can go is that they can remain being bullied and remain the victim throughout their entire lives, or they can turn around and start to bully and say, you know what? I was bullied my entire life. I'm not putting up with that anymore. And I'm going to start to take it out on everybody else. And sometimes I think that's a little bit of how Albin works too. Mm -hmm. I could say that for sure. If we ever do find out more about his past, we might, you know, I hope that it would, uh, Indicate that his childhood wasn't exactly easy. Yeah, could totally see that's that. like a
0: that's like a theme amongst like everybody in this show. Yeah, <laughs> they all had to struggle. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's true. They're
1: on the struggle bus.
0: They're on the struggle bus. <laughs> so. We talked a little bit about, you mentioned Elliot a little bit earlier. We talk a lot about him on our podcast and are, are just constantly in awe of just the story he crafted and just how detail-oriented and purposeful everything in the show is. And we're curious, what is, what is it like to work with, with Elliot?
2: Well, you know, to be honest, I, I wish I saw him more. We don't get to see him very much uh, because he does so much stuff for the show. Um, but it, that guy, man, he knows everything. You, yeah. Any question that comes up, anything that comes up for casting or costumes, he's seeing every costume and every piece of costume and giving his okay or nay or whatever on it. He is, he's got his fingers in every single piece of the pie. And he knows. He knows his stuff. And if you have a question, if you have anything, he will—he has the answers at his fingertips very clearly. But the other part about him is he's the most amazing guy in the world. He's the nicest, friendliest most caring person you've ever met in your life and on a tv set that is gold it's gold yeah he's an amazing man
1: that's awesome um wow yeah a lot of our elliot conversations have to do with us going we need elliot we need him to answer this question we have yeah so (laughs) I'm glad he's giving you guys the answers. Yeah, I'm glad he's giving you guys the answers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll get them someday. Um, someday. So we have a segment on the podcast that it where we talk about what certain characters are doing off screen, and yeah. we're curious what you think Albin would be doing off screen.
2: What he does in his spare time.
1: Yeah, like does he yeah. when he's not torturing witches? Does he like just like chill in a smoking jacket and <laughs> watch Wheel of Fortune or what?
2: Uh well I think the smoking jacket definitely. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> he gives
0: that vibe. He does give that He's, vibe. A classic. He does guy. Care,
2: yeah. He cares about his costumes, that's for sure. His clothing yes. is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um as far as Wheel's fortune is concerned, I don't think he spends much time watching Wheel Fortune. Yeah. However, I do think he likes his kind of old school music and Ooh. old school maybe some jazz. And um, I think, yeah, maybe we'll get introduced to that in season three. I don't know, yeah. actually. You might find some, uh, some, of, his, some of that happening. Um, the other thing I think he does is that I think he's kind of uh, addicted to witches. Um, I think he loves them. I think he loves the witches, deeply loves them, maybe envies them a bit. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe he has a little something for witches that might not be shown.
1: Maybe his I mother mean, was a witch.
2: You never know. <laughs> well, I think he's pure blood, but... Wait, wait. what does they say in Harry Potter? They say muggles and... Muggles they're, they're, and... Pure Bloods? Did they I say Pure, Pure Bloods. Bloods. Yeah, I think, yeah, right. I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. yeah right. so I'm like, wait, who's that little blonde kid, the evil blonde kid in Harry Potter?
1: Oh, uh, Draco Malfoy. Oh, Draco.
2: <laughs> yeah. Alvin's like a Draco Malfoy. He's a Draco.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's a great comparison. <laughs>
2: <laughs> With a little Severus Snape in there. He's got a little Snape yeah, in
1: him Yeah, I was going to say, you got to like put smart? those together. He's, he is Alvin's very smart. smart. I could see him um, leading I, potions I, class. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, I think he loves the witches, and I think he spends a lot of time thinking about the witches.
1: Yeah, for sure. I
0: that makes sense. Kind of that's why that's dark. why he gives me scientist vibes. I feel like he's always thinking about it, like yeah, fascination slash obsession in a way.
2: Yeah, I, I can't wait for you guys to see, see three. I, I I, I so to season three. I can't wait.
0: I want to talk after
2: season three. I want to talk to you after yes. season three. And
1: you makes can tell so. us everything.
2: <laughs> yeah, then I can tell you all.
1: Yeah. And we'll never. Yes, exactly. Yeah, then we can really talk, right? Not that this isn't great. This is also super. (laughs) No, this is also amazing.
2: I know. I just feel like I'm so I'm holding back so much.
1: Well, it's impressive that you're holding it back. Like that's got to be hard.
2: It is hard, and you know what's hard? Here's the hardest part about it: is that I have to like consistently remind myself of what happened in uh, episode ten of season two and where that ended, because that's Mm. all you know. Whereas I have now had, you know, four months of season three uh, of reading the scripts or whatever and figuring it out after I died in episode one and trying to figure out, you know, I know, I know what's going on. And so to me, it becomes normal, but I can't relay that information to you. I have to remember what, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I would not be able to do that.
2: (laughs) You'd be. Releasing the information.
1: Yeah, I'd be fired.
0: (laughs) Killed off. You'd be actually killed off in episode one. I'd (laughs) have to go back and kill you off. (laughs) (sighs) But speaking of impressive, so you have had quite an impressive career working in both television and in theater. And I'm often curious what it's like for actors working in those different settings because it seems like it requires a different skill set. Um, it almost seems like in theater, you kind of know everything about your character. Whereas in TV, you could like not always know where it's going, like you alluded to. So I'm kind of curious from your perspective, what's like the pros and cons to working in those different settings? And for Albin in particular, if this was theater, like, would you approach him as a character differently?
2: Uh, great questions. Uh, you know, I have a firm belief, as you saw earlier, I'm in my studio now and I had some actors uh, auditioning for film and TV here that I work with and, um, I'm a firm believer that acting is acting is acting. It doesn't really what medium you do it in. It's all the same. In other words, your truth has to be exposed and your vulnerability has to be exposed at times. And um, so it doesn't really matter the medium. Of course, if you're on stage, it's a bigger medium. You have to be louder. You have to be a little more, you know, physical. And film and TV, you can get away with being a little more um, still and quieter because the mic is literally in your lapel or something like that, right? And, um, so, uh, it's pretty, um, as far as the acting is concerned, it's, it's the same. We go through the same skill sets. We learn the same skill sets for both pros and cons of working in them. I don't know. I, you know what? I love a good character. I love a good story. Uh, I feel that as actors, we have a responsibility to speak for a lot of people who don't speak for themselves. Um, and so they can see themselves on screen or on 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 stage and and get connected to that and understand that their story is being told which is why the the you know the representation matters because now finally everybody is kind of starting to see themselves represented which is such a great thing as opposed to just white people all the time which is uh, i think this is a great great thing um the cons are you know in theater um Sorry, the local motorcycle is just driving by. <laughs> it's
1: all good. Is Wait, it good? it's
2: Vice President Silver. He's right. up on his motorcycle. It's <laughs> <Why? Some> people. <laughs> um, uh, but it, the, the cons are, you know, um, the one thing about film is that you never know if you're going to shoot first or if they're going to shoot the other side first. Generally, they do a big master, and so you get a practice of the scene and a little bit of a run-through. But then they go in to shoot, and they shoot one way. save time and so you're never sure am i shooting first today or I shooting second today and if you're shooting first you got to be ready first thing in the morning you got to be ready to go if it's an emotional scene you you got to put it all out there right away but then you got to give your fellow actors a lot of the work that you've been doing you can't just ignore their side of things and so there ends up being this kind of um delay in your work so uh you know, if you're crying in one second, uh, in one scene, and then all of a sudden you have to cry for eight hours, it's a right. lot. It's difficult. Right. Whereas being on stage, <laughs> being on stage, you only got two hours and it only happens once. Right. So that's a little bit of the cons. And what was your other question, the last part?
1: Oh, um, go ahead, Theora. If if
0: Albin was like, if, if Motherland was like oh, yeah. on theater would your approach to the character be any different
2: right great uh, also a great question no it wouldn't be and in fact I've made him quite theatrical um you can see a lot of the words he says are like there's bible quotes and there's quotes from the witch book and things like that so he's got this this theatricality about him that is um I don't know it's like he grew up in musical theater or something like yes. that
1: I love it that is. about him. It's so fun. It is so fun. I, and it shows in different areas too.
2: Yeah. As I far
1: think, as like, Oh, go ahead.
2: No, I was just going to say, I think you might see, I think the answer to your question might be revealed in season three, a little bit.
1: Tease, such a tease. <laughs>
2: There's
1: so much happening in season three already. So many things <laughs> happening. So much to get, so much to see when it comes out. We're looking forward to it. We are. Um But yeah, speaking of a you know a theatrical flair that's what we see in his costuming As uh, like he' oh, yeah. got some like dramatic ceremonial type attire that he wears
2: yeah, I um, love those robes
1: <laughs> I know isn't it cool fun. so uh is that what he always wears or does he does he have like casual <laughs> album
2: uh casual album uh, no, I don't think so I don't think he wears pajamas. <laughs> He sleeps in those again.
0: robes.
1: He sleeps yeah. in the robes. All right. Question <laughs> answer. and
0: the mask.
1: puts the mask yeah. back on.
2: Yeah, and the mask. <laughs> um, I knew it. That suit that he wears in the final episode of season ten, though, mm-hmm. that suit is beautiful. They made that suit for me, and um, oh. it's a very famous tailor in Vancouver who's done a lot of movie stars and stuff. So I felt like royalty getting that suit uh, yes. created. But all the it's a real color pattern. You can see that it's called the Camarilla Red. And the robes and the suits and the the sweaters and the turtlenecks—they're all got this kind of red tinge to them. Mm-hmm. They, call it, they call it the Camarilla red. So I think uh, he—I think he wears a lot of red in private. Uh, you might even notice that when he's uh, hunting witches and not in the lab, that he often puts on outfits that. Look almost soldier-like. Yes. Remember when he walks out of the shadows at the at the um, base when mm-hmm. all the mm-hmm. the yep. you know stuff is getting him. He's in this turtleneck. It's very yes. uh, very military, very militaristic,
1: tactical in a way.
2: Yeah, yes. yeah. I think he spends a lot of time in his costumes <laughs> deciding what to wear.
1: He's a theatrical fella. Yes, yeah. that fits his personality. I love it. I love it too, for yeah. sure.
2: Yeah, the costumes are awesome.
1: We love it. The costuming on the show in general is awesome.
2: Yeah, it's really great.
1: So we kind of talked about this a little bit
0: earlier, but I'm curious, since he's he is part of this militant slash theatrical group that really doesn't seem to like witches a lot, but he's such a fun character because the the scene we talked about earlier when he was torturing rail he he has these looks on his face that really it's a mixture of just like joy and then like i don't know i don't even know like sinister and just playful like you've mentioned and so i'm just wondering in those moments like what is he really feeling when he's like really in that moment with like the witches and he's actually doing his thing
2: yeah uh i i you know um it's this strange mix of loving the witches, but trying to understand what they are. Yes. And so, you know, in, in elementary school or high school or whatever you guys, middle school, whatever you um, did it in, you know, you dissect a frog or, yes. you'd, you know, there was that curiosity. What's in here? What is this? What's going on? And yet, you kind of felt gross about dissecting a frog or it smelled like formaldehyde or whatever they used to do it and it's all kind of like a little bit yeah i think it's a great he's got a great combo platter of really wanting to understand these witches and yet feeling a little bit just kind of wrong about it because of how he feels about them because he likes them so much
1: so interesting
2: yeah i think there's a i think there's a cross and i think when you see the work um when he starts you know when things start happening, there's this great curiosity where he's, he's like, what is going on there? What's that about? Why is the witch doing this? Okay, we have to try something else. But then when they're crying, he's like, no, don't cry. Shh. Please don't do that. So it's, he's not just, I'm going to dissect you and find out what you are and that's all I am. He actually cares about the person but can't help loving the discovery of how they're made or what they can do.
1: So really a mad scientist in a way.
2: Yeah. Sadistic mad. It's all the same, really.
0: <laughs> but he also has this layer of complexity. Like there's a, an injection of humanity in him. But the fact that he like he does empathize on some level with like his subjects, shall we say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love I that. Agree. Yeah, because he easily could have been like Hannibal Lecter, like you were saying, who like has no feelings about any of that and is just like yeah. kill. But no, Albin has like he's very complex and it makes him very fun. I do, I do love that about how you play him. It's, he's an thank onion of you. a character.
2: Yeah, yes. thank you. Layers. Yeah. You know, Hannibal Lecter is good because, of course, it was part of the original talks about him. And I often say, hello, Clarice, before I start a scene. <laughs> and um, But uh, the one thing that I, I watched about Anthony Hopkins' performance in that was his his curiosity. He would always, like... He looked at people without feeling, as you said, which I totally agree, that's how it was played. And he also had this curiosity, like, you're a strange human, why do you feel that way? And, you know, almost like, what are humans like? And I feel like Albin has that same curiosity, a witch, what does a witch do? What would happen if I put a stone on your chest? Right. You know, what would happen? That kind of thing. So there's that curiosity that Hannibal Lecter has. Absolutely.
0: Just a follow up question to that. So along the trains of that rail scene, so rail is a, it, when he, they were interacting, he, she seems like a very formidable opponent slash subject for Albin to, to work with. And I'm just curious, like, what does he think of her? Like this particular way she's very powerful. And I would imagine is very intriguing because all his little methods don't go according to plan every time. So what does he think of her?
2: Yeah. Good question. Again. Uh, This is what I think. I think that Albin really doesn't want to see any of them die. Because if they were to die, his experiments would be over. And so even though she escapes, and even though her friends are coming to get her, there's a part of him that says, okay, well, what would you do if I just put this into your system? What would happen if I, you know... What happens when you get scared? Maybe I'll scare you with this little tube of, you know, and uh, that kind of thing. And so he doesn't mind that they escape. He doesn't mind that they live because he'll find them again and he'll discover more stuff. And while he's off watching Wheel of Fortune, he'll learn (laughs) learn more ways to get them, you know? And so I feel like, it's not about killing the, the head witches. Some of the other witches can go, let's just be honest. But the head witches, I think he doesn't mind that they survive. I think he's happy that they might live for his own selfish reasons.
1: That's intriguing. It's the cat and mouse game. It he's is. about yes. that game. Mm-hmm.
2: I, I mean, it. he does let his minions consistently try to kill them, and they never do. Of course not.
0: They're minions. What are they good for? Yeah.
2: When he's got Arlen when he's got uh Nikta and uh and um Petra. Yeah, Petra there in that room and he's like okay, you guys kill them. And he leaves. It's like Yeah Albin, you know they're not gonna kill you. You know they're useless. Let's <laughs> be honest. But he doesn't mind, he's okay with that because they he'll come back to them later right. on. He'll get Absolutely them again. The,
0: it'll it's come like, back around. Yeah. I love that. It's like you guys are interesting. I, I want to play with you guys again. Minions get them. <laughs> See you later. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's so uh, smart. What a big boss move. I love it.
1: It <laughs> is a big boss move. I love
2: it. That's I don't so need great. those minions.
1: <laughs> Who needs them? I just want to play with witches. Yeah. Right. Priorities. I mean, that's my priority.
0: I mean, yes. That was a fun scene though.
1: It was such a fun scene. It fun. Oh, the exchanges.
0: Yes.
1: Um so we also asked some of the listeners for some questions. Uh-oh. Um but before we get into that, I, I don't know if you you interact a lot with all the switches online, but I'm not sure if you've noticed the the morrigan coven
2: yes um, i have yeah
1: we are both members of the Morgan coven <laughs> <laughs> and thanks so, for playing thanks for playing number for one playing. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been getting a lot of flack lately because uh, uh being we're being accused of being corrupted
2: oh by
1: by albin by, by uncle albin by uncle albin <laughs> and which is the which is kind of like if you see people now calling you the Bob Father, it right. came from that one like edit, and then we all just started calling you that. So
2: that's very funny. That's where
1: the Bob Father comes from. But <clears throat> we're kind of curious what's gonna happen when uh because our like being the Morgan Coven, we are kind of like consider ourselves being led, if you will, by Scylla. So I'm wondering how she's gonna feel when she finds out that you've corrupted her coven.
2: You mean Amalia or Scylla?
1: Both. We'll just go with that. <laughs>
2: um I can't discuss Scylla or anything that Scylla does this next year.
1: Oh no. But I think she might be I think she might be mad at Uncle Albin.
2: Really? How does she love Albin? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I see. I get to talk to Amalia soon, so I'm going to ask her.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'd be intrigued to find out what she says. Acilla uh, uh, is a pretty formidable character.
1: Agreed. She does kind of just kind of invent things on the fly magic-wise. She does. Yeah. So a good another good opponent for Alban. I bet he'd be super curious about her.
2: I cannot say anything. Oh. My lips are sealed.
1: Yes. No spoilers.
2: I will not get fired. Um,
1: so <laughs> listener questions. Here's uh, this is from Isha. If I pronounce that correctly, hopefully. Is Albin an actual doctor or just an anatomy enthusiast?
2: Wow. Yeah. I believe. Um, well, I was on set in the very first episode before I died in this third season. And, um, I was in my office and in the office hanging on the wall was a certificate from, um, uh, university that said, I was a real doctor.
1: Oh,
2: Intrigue. That was
1: cool. There you go. All right. the,
2: The certificate has spoken.
1: The certificate has spoken. I like that. Um, so so Doctor and Witch Enthusiast is what it sounds yeah. like. Doctor really and is. Witch Enthusiast. So replace yes. anatomy with witch. Yes. Yeah. That's it. All right. I feel <laughs> yeah. that. Love it. Um, do you have any music that puts you into character? Marianne wants to know.
2: Mm. Uh, usually I am quite music uh, based with my work, but no, Alvin hasn't uh, really... Uh, found um he hasn't yeah there's no music that kind of puts me in the character uh what does put me into character literally is saying hello clarice it kind of drops me right down so anthony hopkins puts me in the character
1: all right That's not awesome. music but very cool um all right so a couple of people amber and jimma want to know what the application process is to join the Camarilla. <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah. So uh, you have to take me out for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) That
1: That sounds sounds (laughs) expensive. That sounds expensive and like a job interview that that I couldn't afford.
2: Well, it doesn't matter where we go. Let's just have fun. Oh,
1: so we could go to McDonald's. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well no oh. like, not
1: you're not funny. getting hired
2: no. <laughs> yeah. you'll be a minion if you get right that's the, the one
1: that gets to stay behind and kill yeah i see how it is i see all right so fine. picking the restaurants already gonna tell you where
0: you end up in the Camarilla. exactly i got it <laughs> all right that's minions helpful.
2: kill them <laughs> Except for you. You don't stay behind. You're coming with me. Yes, I you need you for reasons. For... Exactly.
1: <laughs> I love it. We went to I Tim Hortons. It. It's cool now. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Jane wants to know, if Albin had a pet, what would it be? And now in my brain, I'm like a witch.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I think Albin had a lot of dogs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot of dogs.
0: A lot of them. I love that. A whole pack.
1: (laughs) <laughs> a whole pack of dogs yeah okay Check it out. i got you i got you um so the next question is is in general not a, it's not a spoiler question but multiple people asked this so it's like who hurt you That's <laughs> the question for albin like what middle school sweetheart that like secret that was a secretly a witch broke your heart it was kind of like the question which she just thought was funny
2: I cannot answer that question. I plead the fifth on that one.
1: Duly noted.
2: But I do want to say something. Uh, After you've witnessed season three, I'd like you to revisit this podcast and see if there were any Easter eggs that were dropped.
1: Oh. Um, Duly noted. There are
2: some questions that I cannot answer.
1: Yes, absolutely. And understood. (laughs) Yeah.
0: All right, so we won't press you for any more secret spoilers anymore. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) But uh, this has been great. And as we're, we're wrapping up our time here together, we just wanted to see if you had any last words for our listeners or for anybody else at home from you or Alvin.
2: From me or Alvin. Uh, I really love how um, sometimes I'm Albin on the Twitter replies and sometimes I'm Bob on the Twitter replies. That is so
1: fun. (laughs) It is so fun. Figuring out which, yeah, that's amazing. It's so fun that you do that.
2: It's pretty fun. I love to uh, kind of tease a lot. Uh, Listen, I think you guys are amazing. I think that uh, you're... Um, belief in the show and your love of the show is um, beautiful and not only that but you have to understand for us as actors and as artists who are creating the show which we feel is important for so many people um, it's it uh, oftentimes makes it all worthwhile when we meet people like you people like the fans who um, love it and not only love it but uh, believe in it believe in the stories that are being told or or the um, moral obligations that the show holds and tries to put forth um it kind of makes us feel really good and i will tell you also that on set amongst all the actors on the show uh we often discuss you guys
1: oh that makes us happy i know um We did some valentines that the (laughs) the costume department handed out and we were like super thrilled that anyone actually saw it and then that they wanted to give them out to everyone. So we're we were excited about that and glad that they got to give you guys something.
2: We often share your memes or your drawings and things like that. Oh, my gosh.
1: They'll be so happy to know that.
2: It's pretty fun.
1: Amazing. Thank you. Yeah, and
0: thank all of you for putting all like everybody for putting their effort into this show. It really shows like that you guys really put your all into it. And so thank you so much. We really appreciate the the beautiful art that you're putting into the world. Thank you very much for that. Yeah, thank you. Like we, like we said, we we're supposed to hate you, but we can't. You, you <laughs> made Alvin so fun.
2: Well, maybe you will after season three. I don't, know.
1: I don't think knows. so. I don't think, no, I don't think I can so. hate you now. <laughs> Just disappointed. There might be disappointment. We'll put it that way. Exactly. Disappointment. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Uncle Albin, how could you?
2: Right. <laughs> I always say that on set. Whenever they call me creepy, I go, uh, I'm just misunderstood.
1: There <laughs> you go. That's what Albin would say. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing.
0: Yes. Well, thank you so much, uh, yeah, Bob, for you. making time to talk to us. We really appreciate it. Um, I'm thank you, everybody. so grateful. Yeah. This is really great. So hopefully we can talk to you again after season three. And then yes. we spoil everything. I would love yeah. it. Awesome. All right. Thank you Alrighty. so much. Thank you so much. See you. See you. And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all of our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. Yeah, please subscribe and like all the things. If you happen to be listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review, no matter how brief. This is what Apple uses in their algorithm to uh, help us gain a wider audience. So please, please, please help us out.
1: Yes, and please feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you about everything and anything. And if we like it, we'll probably give you a shout out on the air. You can find us at all the things. Twitter at Big Gay Energy Pod. Tumblr, Big Gay Energy Pod, Instagram, Big Gay Energy Pod, or you can email us at biggayenergypod at gmail.com. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for lesbian Jesus.